Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Bird of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 168 Podcast. Today, Jordan and I are going to be talking about biblical encouragement and what that looks like. Uh, so how are you today, Jordan? I'm doing all right. It's very wet outside when we were encouraging that. Encourage, oh, man, now I'm doing it. <laughs> we just did like three takes to do the beginning of this. We could, we could do a fifth. No, it's okay. No, it's been very wet outside. It's very wet outside while we're recording this. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> But it's all good. It's almost December and it's snowing. So tis the season, right? Yeah. Jordan said, the reason I said, uh, do a fifth take is because Jordan said we did three. I think we oh. actually did four. <laughs> um, yeah. So all of my word stumbling seem to have transferred into his corporeal being. Uh, so today, uh, like we talked about, we're going to talk a bit about encouragement. But first I wanted to take some time, ask you how your Thanksgiving meal went. Any, um, Spicy conversations around the table, or uh no, my meal was spot on. It was good, very good. How many plates did you ingest? I mean, of food, not actual plates, but three at what would be considered lunchtime, and then one for dinner. <laughs> wow, impressive! How'd you sleep? Does that it night? count that I like? Didn't eat breakfast that morning and essentially didn't, like, I made space is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, he had space, ladies and gentlemen. He had space. <laughs> anyway. No, the food was, food was good. That was very good. And pecan pie, that, that topped it off. And what else did we have? I think that was mainly the, yeah, all the, all the key things were there. We did not have turkey, so all the people who want to send me, uh, Strong takes on how that's a no-no at Thanksgiving can send their emails to Mitch Knight at gsomethingmail.com. gsomethingmail.com. <laughs> I'm not sure where that'll go because it's not Gmail. <laughs> anyway, but no, food was good. The entire day was sort of an odd dynamic because the whole week was surrounded in the passing of my grandma. So that kind of bookended, if you will, the 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 day the thanksgiving day uh we had the funeral for her on wednesday as as well as like the visitation and seeing everybody that um like from the town where my grandparents are from and so that was all wednesday so essentially we did like a family thing i mean not that that's the reason you want to have to do a family thing but we did a family thing on wednesday then we had thanksgiving as a family thing on thursday and then we did the burial at the graves, uh, side on Friday morning. So it was kind of stuck in between there. So yeah, it was a little bit of an odd dynamic, just not having my grandma there and just my grandpa there and just the oddities of that for sure. But despite the circumstances, it was still, the day was still good. The bills won. That's a added. Although I was the only one who in my area of, the day you cared about it. So I watched on my phone on the couch holding my daughter at night. So, Cause my, my, uh, bro, I stayed at my brother and sister-in-law's and they don't get like TV reception. Well, they could, but they don't have like anything that's not hooked up that way. So there was no watching it on the TV anyway, but anyway, it was all good. How was your Thanksgiving? 
my Thanksgiving was pretty good as well. Um, by no means am I trying to like one up you and bringing this up or anything like that. But, um, uh, many of you know, my dad passed away like a year and a month ago now. So this is our second Thanksgiving without him. The first one happened pretty much immediately after he passed away. So it's still kind of fresh. You know, I, there's kind of a little bit of a weird thing where it was the three of us at the table. You know, my mom made a comment about, well, this is kind of strange. There's like stuffing where dad used to sit. And it's like, well, you know, that's kind of, uh, unfortunate, but we had, we managed to have a good time. Our family of three, uh, it was the best turkey I think I've ever had. It was cooked really, really well. Like it's normally, I think it's just a naturally dry meat, but it was actually moist, which I know is a word that triggers people, <laughs> but that's the only word I can think of. Um, you had stuffing and all that, you had cranberry sauce, you know, and all that. So it was good. You got to enjoy some family time and, um, yeah, it was enjoyable and the bills won. So mm-hmm. decisively so. Yeah. Yeah. But it does make those days, although the, Otter, if you will, not having the people you're used to having be there with you. So, yeah, I get that. But, I mean, your dad, it's def- definitely a different relationship than having a grandparent. And so it's, yeah. But I think we're both grateful for those who have been around us, who've encouraged us in the passing of both people in our families. Um, so I just wanted to kind of publicly say that. that I know I appreciate it. I'm sure Mitch does from... Uh, like he said, the, the year plus time that it's been that his family's had to deal with, with their situation as well. So thank you everybody for that. Well, why don't we jump into our topic of encouragement and why don't you lay that out and kind of get us introduced to the idea and we'll get our conversation going. Yeah. So I, I was just kind of thinking, we talk a lot about, um, you know, in our church, which I'm grateful for about encouragement being what it literally means is like standing alongside someone. It isn't just saying the right thing at the right time. It's like li- literally living your life in the self-giving Jesus way that we see him doing. It's about doing life with other people. And I think one of the scriptures that kind of got me engaged with um, this topic for today was Hebrews 3.13, which says, um, but encourage one another as long as it's called today so that none of you are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So encouragement being doing life with somebody and being present for somebody doesn't just have all the, you know, the psychological benefits that people talk about. Like, you know, I think even in secular culture, people know it's not a good thing to be alone and that kind of stuff. But, you know, encouragement also has the benefit for us in Christ as the church of helping us to kind of turn away from the sins that we might be tempted to do otherwise if we were alone. I think when we encourage someone, we we kind of ground them in some small way in who Christ is in that moment and what his will for them is, which is, you know, loving them and being kind to them, leading them toward repentance out of whatever they're struggling in. Um, I mean, you, you see that with like addictions. I mean, with like alcoholism, that's why there are groups that people go to. It's because like being in community helps us move away from things that we know we really don't want to do. It helps us to be accountable. It also helps us to know that there's someone else who's aware of our struggles and who's walking with us in those same struggles and kind of giving us direction in our day-to-day life. 
So that's just some of my opening thoughts on it. I hope that made sense. Uh, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the verse you referenced, the, the concept of encouraging one another daily, the daily part definitely sticks out and it's not a, I think it's easy to probably evaluate, you know, just snap, snap decision or snap thought, whatever, <laughs> you know, just quickly thinking about our own life and thinking about my life and be like, Oh yeah, I'm a person who encourages others. It's like, but when's the last time I actually did that? And it's probably wasn't just yesterday. I mean, that's something like just, I'm reading this and thinking about my own life of how often do I do this? And it's probably not as much as I think it is, but we're called to at least how the scripture calls us to is to, to a framework or a standard of, of ongoing encouragement to, to the body of Christ. And I think one thing it also makes me think of is being someone who encourages another on a daily basis. Um, I know just thinking about, as you were talking, I was thinking about like the, the various ways I, I receive encouragement. And some of that is, you know, face to face. It can be over a phone call or, I mean, just recently I got a note from somebody who left something on my desk and I read it today and, you know, they had some encouraging words to say and, you know, we weren't having a face-to-face conversation. They wrote it days ago, probably, you know, whenever they wrote it. And yet it's encapsulating a context in which we both live in. They know some of the ups and downs I've had to go through. I know some of their own life and, you know, it's just encouraging that someone took the time to say something encouraging to me. And it wasn't like they had to do it. It wasn't like they gained something in doing it. I mean, they get to be a nice person and some of those like benefits in that regard, like they're not considered a jerk by by doing it for by any means, but it's not like they had to, it's not like there was an exchange going on. So my point is that to be encouraging to others very much gets us out of the utilitarian nature in which relationships can kind of fall into. And, and that's part of my own thinking of like, I probably tend to not be encouraging to certain people because my relationship with them can often seem like it's on autopilot. Like I relate to them because of these reasons. Like, you know, do I encourage my kids as often as I should? I'm just thinking like, maybe I don't. And that's probably because like, they're just, they're in my life all the time and I'm trying to raise them. So like, there's a, there's things that we're already kind of are given in the relationship and yet encouragement, I think very much shapes us to be people who get out of that utilitarian arrangement to where we kind of bucket and we, we're just really, we reach out and encourage them, even though we're not necessarily going to get anything back in return. I mean, it does foster the relationship, but we're doing it without the expectation that it has to be there. And I think a lot of the meaningful encouragement moments that I have in my life are very much that like it's a text message that I wasn't expecting, or it's a phone call that I wasn't expecting or someone stopping by or saying something that I wasn't expecting. And I think most of us want to hear nice and, you know, things that are speak well of us. Um, but none of us also want to be the person that's like, tell those to me, you know, like we're not, that's not the kind of relationship we want to have. So I, I very much kind of see, uh, encouragement, you know, breaking that trend of just our culture where relationships are just very much based on like an exchange of something and encouragement very much, you know, goes around that. But beyond that, encouraging one another has a lot to do. And this is where the whole daily aspect comes into is that it has very much to do with being present in another person's life. It's very hard to encourage another daily if you're not present in their life. 
I mean, you may be able to, again, you may be able to do it here and there, but it's a lot harder to probably speak more directly into a person's, where a person sort of lives and their, their thinking and their emotions and all those different things that we attribute to like everyday life. Um, if, if someone's not present there with them. And so the idea that someone's walking through life with, with them. Um, and I think that's kind of what, where we want our conversation to kind of go from is the idea of being encouraged, you know, being encouraging from a biblical or a following Jesus standpoint isn't just the, you're able to say the words, but it's a, in what, what context are the words or the actions or the, in, in what ways are, is the encouragement coming about to the other person? And, um, it seems like if you look through scripture, if you look through the life of Jesus and the life that Jesus calls us to, it's one in which we're present with each other through the ups and downs of life. And that's where encouragement and the encouraging words that we give come out of, of that context. Do you want to speak any, any more to that idea? Yeah. What you're saying right now reminds me of what Jesus literally said in that you know, by this they will know that you are mine, that you would love one another as I have loved you. He literally says that at the end, as I have loved you. And I was going to bring up the point that, you know, scriptural love is that self-sacrificial, the interest-sacrificing love, denying ourselves in order to be present for somebody else. And I think that ties into encouragement as well. Kind of as you were talking, I was thinking about that being present for someone to me, especially with the stories you shared it's kind of ringing true right now that being present for someone is a byproduct of being intentional in your relationship with them. There's nothing saying that any of the people who reached out to you had to do what they did or any of the people that have talked to me or texted me or called me, same same stuff. They didn't have to do that. And that's in contrast to the whole autopilot thing you mentioned where it's just like things are on rails. It's like, well, he would say this all the time anyways, but it's like stepping out of that in a willingness to be present for someone comes from that intentionality. It's like, well, I want to do this because, you know, Christ loves this person and, you know, in some small way I get to be a messenger of that love to this person in this moment. It's a decision and it's a choice and it's like what we're talking about, how this scripture is calling us. I mean, it's something that I don't do daily. I mean, for sure. I mean, that's something that I need to be molded into. But part of that is in just recognizing that I need to choose to do it. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Being present means choosing to be present. It's not just letting things go on as they have been, but it's intervening, you know, using God's great gift of free will to be Christ for someone in a moment where they might need it. So... Those are just some of my thoughts. Yeah, you. When we were talking about this before we started recording, you mentioned that, or kind of made the comment about encouragement being about telling someone the truth, or yeah, I mean the truth. It could be kind of, I guess, it doesn't have to be like the truth, like you know, hard. But the idea of telling someone the truth, you know, versus telling them something they just want to hear and like how there's a difference there. Like encouragement isn't just patting someone on the back or like talking them up to just make them feel good, even though the things we're telling them are maybe true to the reality of their life. Um, at least that's kind of how I understood a little bit of, of what you were saying. And, and I think just in general, that gets to the idea of encouragement isn't always this 
happy moment. <laughs> I mean, it, it often can be kind of not, not painful for the person to give it, but it's, it, it may be in hard circumstances that encouragement is given. Um, you know, like when, yeah, when a loved one passes and you're trying to encourage the person to kind of like, how do you encourage someone to in that moment? Like there's not a whole lot you can say. Um, but we still want to do that. We still want to encourage them. We still want to, you know, or even if like, you know, someone, you know, falls into sin or does something that's wayward of God to encourage someone in that, in that arena or in that realm can be hard to do because it's like, well, they just fail. They don't want to hear like, I'll just, you know, they feel like a failure and that like telling them to just do better is not necessarily going to help in that moment. So like, you know, encouragement can be hard in certain moments. It can also be a joyous thing in other moments, but it's not just like a it, easy across the board. It, it has its, it goes with the ups and downs and that goes back to the being present with people in the ups and downs. And like, not everybody's life is just this constant trajectory toward the positive. It, it's up and it's down and it's up and it's down. So yeah, do you want to add anything kind of more to that, that reality and what you were thinking when you said that? Yeah. I mean, you even think about what secular culture has kind of done with the whole, if someone is a negative influence on you, just completely cut them out of your life. And to a certain extent, that's true, but I think it even means in like, you know, if someone tells you something you don't want to hear, it's like cut them out of your life. But that's not necessarily what we're called into as Christians. I mean, encouragement isn't always flattery or inspiration. It's more about giving someone direction in the way they should be going. And a lot of times that is, you know, like we said, walking alongside somebody and saying, hey, what you're doing is really good. I think, you know, the scriptures say this, or I can see Christ in you and just keep on doing what you're doing. And other times it might be, yeah, you know what? Like, you're right to know that what you did was wrong or something like that. You're right to feel bad about what you did. But at the same time, you know, there's this. Like sometimes it's like an if this, then that kind of thing. It isn't always um, just complimentary or something like that. It's just about giving someone guidance, which can be some tough truth to hear. But mainly the, the positive part of the encouragement comes from you being willing to give it in the first place. Like there's someone on the other side of this conversation that cares enough about you to want to be there with you and give you the truth that you need to hear. It's not necessarily about making you feel good. It's about the relationship that's kind of being developed between you. And I think, you know, in, in Hebrews, that's part of the point. I mean, we're encouraging one another. We're part of the body. We're not separate from one another. We're part of this community and um, we should be spurring each other on in the path we know we should all be headed down. And I think that's mutually beneficial for everyone who's involved in a relationship with Christ. Yeah, and you highlighting the fact that, I mean, I think you just said this about the part of that verse in Hebrews where it talks about, I mean, essentially it says being, you know, encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And it's like, why, why do we encourage one another? Well, because if we don't, like, we tend to believe the lies that are all around us about who we are, who God is, who the people around us are. And it's all those things that contribute to the, the negative ways that we experience life. It's the, the lifeless ways that we experience life. Because if we believe lies about God, we're not going to turn to Him. We're going to turn 
you know, to something else. If we believe lies by ourselves, we're going to treat ourselves negatively or we're going to respond to others harshly or negatively. Um, and all that is just going to make us further and further and further away from God. And so the scripture though is telling us that as we encourage one another, we're to counter those temptations, if you will, and to remind each other like, no, like this is reality. This is truth. This is what is worth believing in. This is who God is. This is who you are. This is the reality of things. In some ways, being an encouragement to others, being present with another to be somewhat of like a, a, a mirror to the other person, not to just like point out their flaws. Like I think often we can think of we're, we're going to be the encouraging person by telling them the truth because the truth just needs to be told. And <laughs> it may need to be told, but the, the way in which it's told it probably doesn't go over well sometimes. But I say that in the sense of being a mirror of countering the deceitfulness that we encounter all the time about who God is, who we are, who, who the world around us is what the world around us is and encouraging one another is very much in the realm of speaking the gospel into a person's situation or speaking good news into another person's situation or, or receiving that on our own from someone else who encourages us. And it just goes to highlight that the gospel isn't just a set of propositions that we believe. Yes, there's truth that can be outlined in that way, but we don't just believe in propositions. We believe in a person who embodies and lives out the propositions that, that we uh, claim that we believe. And Jesus has spoke good news and, and has been present as good news in our life. And we're called to extend that into others' lives as well, which you kind of just said that a little bit ago in different, different words. And so t- to me, it's like a lot of what we're doing in encouraging another is it could just be simply reminding another person of, it seems like God is this way now, but this is really who God is. And like looking at scripture or reminding each other, like, no, this is who God is. This is who he's been. This is who he is now. And it's who he will continue to be. It's reminding them of like, no, this is, this is reality. Not the thing that we're tempted to believe is true. Or maybe just reminding, you know, the person or being reminded herself that we aren't perfect people. We are, we have all separated from God or we're finite people. Like we're not perfect. We can't, just do any and all things like we're created beings who have limitations and just reminding ourselves if we're the one receiving encouragement or helping another to be reminded of that fact that like you're not expected to do everything. And I think the world around us tempts us a lot of times to think that we should be able to do everything. And so that can be, you know, one form of encouraging another, or it could just be simply reminding another person or being reminded herself of the way of Jesus, the way that we're called to and the promises that are attached to it. I mean, the, the truth is that the way of Jesus isn't easy, not all the times at least, but there are joyful and good promises that are attached to following faithfully the way of Jesus. And so encouraging each other to, to stick to the path that we're called to, because we know it's what's good. It's true. It's beautiful. It's the most life giving thing that we can pursue and, and be participants in. You want to add anything more to, to our discussion here? Have any more thoughts? Yeah. I kind of just latching onto your point about the way in which truth is delivered. There's a book that we read kind of as a a church group that Jordan led us on called Love Over Fear. And part of what was said reminds me of that. And just that, you know, we're talking about it's not always inspirational. It's not always flattery. But at the same time, 
you know, we often start with people who have never heard a lick about Jesus or who he is with the worst part of the story, which is that we're bad people, we're broken, you've done this, 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 and that, when really encountering the person in the present and the hope that we have through the transformative power of the Spirit living in us, it should be our Christ-like existence that draws people near, not necessarily the hammer of judgment or condemnation on other people. Um, and that, the same thing goes in our relationships in Christ, like we're talking about in encouragement. It's like, I think it's true in our relationships with each other as members of the church that, you know, when people fall and they falter, it's, there's an understanding already that people are bad or they're sinful or they've separated themselves from God. But the encouraging truth about it is in the present that we find ourselves in or the future that we have to look forward to because we've been united with Christ through baptism and we have a hope and a future. One setback isn't the end of the world that's part of standing alongside someone. It isn't necessarily beating someone down either. Like it's not the complete opposite of the flattery or inspiration we were talking about earlier. It's a mix in a way, for lack of a better term or phrase here, it's a mix of the two. It's about bringing truth in a Christ-like manner. Sometimes that can be harsh. Sometimes that can be more inspirational. It's just about trying to live out the truth and trying to, live alongside the truth with somebody else in the moment that they need you to be that example to them. Yeah. I think the two last things I would probably add are one, just an encouragement of who are, who, who is a person or maybe some people, maybe it's a handful of people that you, you know, that come to your mind right now that you're like, I haven't, you know, they could probably just use some encouragement when you think of that, just, I mean, it can be as simple as just, uh, hey, thinking of you and praying for you, or, um, I know you have this thing coming up and, you know, praying that it goes well, or whatever it may be, just something simple you send to that person. And it doesn't have to be this, like, big, drawn out, planned thing. It can be, like, in the moment. I mean, we have a lot of avenues and technology that allows us to do that in the moment, whether that's social media or an email or whatever it may be. I mean, or, be old school if you want to think of it that way and write a note. Um, or just, even if it's just dropping it off at their house or something. Like, I think those things, they're small and they don't take a lot of time, but they carry a lot of weight for those who receive them. At least I know for me that they tend to do that. And, and I'd be the first to admit I'm horrible at thinking to do that with, with other people. But I have noticed just in the, the, the times I'm thinking of where like I've thought to do that in the moment, there's a lot more, there's a lot of a relational reward that comes on the backside of that because I think people are just blown away when they realize that like they're thought of by other people and, and it's meaningful and um, it just fosters a relationship with other people. So that's one thing I would encourage you to do. Like who is someone like that comes to mind that you can uh, do that, uh, be an encouragement to uh, coming up soon and, uh, the second thing, oh, the second thing, I had to think about what it was for a moment. The second thing is to just be willing to listen to others. And I think that's sometimes hard for some of us, even if we're like more introverted people, it's easy to be focused on ourselves in the moment and not what the other person's saying. And I think the more we can be better 
active listeners, we are then more able to hear what is coming out of another person's life. And we're more able to then see like what beliefs is this person being tempted to believe that we can speak the good news of Jesus into to counter it. But I think that only comes if we're able to listen for those moments. They're not just going to be manufactured out of thin air, um, but it comes in actually being present and interacting in the give and take of a relationship with another person. So those are the two things that I would encourage. Do you have anything else or do you want to move on to our next segment? And if so, that's, that's all on you to start that one. Yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else to add. I just think, you know, encouragement is mostly about bringing truth in a Christ-like way. And sometimes that, like George just said so well, it's just it's about illuminating the truth onto the lie that someone might be believing at the time and thus disrupting the deceitfulness of sin in their life. Um, and just being willing to listen, being ready to step out is probably the biggest steps you can take to be ready to encourage somebody else. So, all right. Now it's time to transition into the 168 debate <laughs> where we give you our <laughs> where we give you our spiciest hot takes ranging from food to the NFL. Uh that's going to be the tag for that. Uh, <laughs> just cuz we've already done it once. I know I said Thanksgiving last time, but so uh I've got a couple questions for us today. I actually think we probably agree on both of these, but it'll be interesting to discuss some things that uh people find controversial. So the the question I originally wanted to ask was does pineapple belong on pizza? Maybe a better way of asking it is do you enjoy pineapple on pizza or well, you know, cuz there's your personal taste on whether or not you think it's like a universal truth that it should be there. So we'll, we'll just stick with do you think it belongs on pizza? Does whole, I almost said Hawaiian. Does pineapple belong on pizza? That's the question. I don't know that I have some like sweeping take on it other than I think my personal preference is that I don't prefer it. Although it's not like I've super gone out of my way to like have it at the same time. I think if I've ever had it, it's been like a, topping that's been on a pizza and like I didn't wasn't aware of it or like it was on there accidentally or something like that like if I don't know if like multiple toppings and like it was split up on the pizza and it just happened to end up on there so it's just not my preference but I'm not gonna like condemn somebody if they they want it on their pizza because I've had my share of pizzas that have odd odd not your traditional what you would think of as on a pizza toppings and you know, I find it enjoyable, but I, I'm also the person who doesn't want a ton of stuff, I think on a pizza. So like, I'm usually like the pepperoni. I'm only as good. I'm good with that. Maybe like throwing in the onion or like something like that, but like, doesn't have to be super crazy. I'm in general, I put the meat on there. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I'd say I, I mostly agree with you. I think that just because something doesn't belong somewhere doesn't mean that it can't be enjoyed by somebody. Like with, like ask anybody you know that's had pregnancy cravings. Like I've heard of some really weird combinations that women have craved during pregnancy. And it's not like, you know, it might not technically belong, but it could be enjoyable. Um, you know, for me, I think it comes down to just basic logic. All right. 
Have you, I'm going to ask you these questions, Jordan. Have you ever had fruit and cheese? A piece of fruit with cheese, like together at the same time? Probably not because I don't really okay. eat cheese. Right. I can't think of a combination of fruit and cheese ever. This working. makes me think of our trip we took last two weeks ago, whenever it was, with students about someone who brought up putting yogurt on fruit, right? Which sounded weird at first until we're like, well, but there's fruit and yogurt usually. Like, but it was like the reverse of like the process, but it just seemed weird to think about like putting it on. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Here's another example though. Would you, uh, would you take apple slices and dip them in marinara? Probably wouldn't be my first choice. Okay. Okay, What about Hawaiian? Some of this comes down to like foods that complement taste wise. Like you just wouldn't do it, but. What what about sliced pineapple dipped in marinara sauce? Would you have that? Probably not, but it's on a pizza, so that's kind of what you're getting there. Okay, right? would you would you have <laughs> slices of pineapple on bread, on toast? Probably depends on what area you lived in, because some of the um, depression era stuff I've heard of. <laughs> All right, so you it very much could be there. Yeah, I mean, although pineapple is probably not one of those foods you had lying around in the depression. <laughs> You can see what I'm getting at, right? I mean, so it's the synthesis of these items that people enjoy, but if you really break down the addition of the items together to, you know, you back up, it doesn't really seem like it works. So I, I don't think it belongs there. Um, I mean, maybe the counter argument is, well, you know, tomato is a fruit. Technically, it's got seeds in it. That's what makes tomato sauce. So therefore, two fruits together would, you know, make it more compatible. That's a lie. We all know that a tomato is a fruit that's masquerading as a vegetable. We know that it's, or it's a vegetable that's masquerading as a fruit. My apology. My apologies. It's definitely a vegetable. I just don't think the flavors go together. I this is case. where someone goes, why are you putting so much thought into this? Uh, because, um, you, you know, I mean, we just talked about speaking the truth into people's lives, and sometimes <laughs> we just need to do that, no matter how ridiculous the topic. All right. Did you have a second? Or was that the main one? Yes. Yeah, so, so the second question is, I, and I, I know we both agree on this, but um, the animated image file spelled G-I-F. How do you pronounce that? G-I-F. I think you know. GIF. GIF. It's GIF. Right? Because what's GIF? It's peanut butter. J. I can't eat that. Yes. My response to Mitch was the only other word I can think of, at least in English, that I know of that has a J sound with a G is when someone spells Jeff that way. But that's like the only one I could think of. How would you spell, um, you know, the saying, I'll be back in a jiffy? How'd you spell that? That's a J. Right. Right. You don't think it would be G-I-F-F-Y? Be back in a jiffy? Okay, I have a question though. Is the, whatever, the phrase G-I-F, is that like a shortened version of something? Or like, is there a longer term that that's like a... I think that's just the file extension. I would have to look into it, but I think that's just the name of the file extension. That's the only other thing I could think of why there's like, it's said differently maybe, but... Because I don't know why, like, if you just look at that, why you would go, oh, yeah, that's Jeff. Well, I mean, some people are learning English for the first time, you know, it could be difficult. But but if there's, like, a word that's associated that has more of that pronunciation, I could see why that. All right, so uh, your homework assignment is to send us gifts about the fact that pineapple does not belong on pizza. Make sense, everybody? 
All right. So this is where are they sending these to at Mitch Knight at G something.com. Uh, you can send it to G something Uh, you can send it to Jordan at ClarenceCC.org. Right. Sure. Can you send those over email? Oh yeah. This is like not how I normally would send them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Though I'm kind of half tempted to lie to them and tell them you can print them out just to have some fun. (laughs) But no, um, mixing all sorts of generational things. All right, well, that was the second edition of the 168 debate. Um, should I close this out now? Is that what we're going to do? Sure. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into the 168 podcast, and we'll catch you next time.